How are you, listeners? Welcome back. This is episode two of Jazz Explains Things. Kinda. My name is Jazz, and I explain things. Kinda. This is the first of three parts of my Rudders series. In this series, I will share with you how the rhetoricians from all the different eras are just like superheroes, you know, and love. I promise it will make sense, kind of. So, first things first. All right, let's talk about rhetoric. If you don't know what that is, let me tell you and see if I can get you to believe me. (laughs) See? That's already rhetorical right there. All right. This doesn't make sense unless you know what rhetoric is. So let me give you the dictionary's definition, and then I'll try and explain it a little better. Rhetoric is the study and practice of communication that persuades, informs, inspires, or entertains target audiences in order to change or reinforce beliefs, values, habits, or actions. Oh, sorry. That was just a long, drawn-out, boring list of words. My basic explanation, I guess, is using your own words and communicating, but with a purpose or an agenda. Sometimes the purpose is ethical, sometimes it's unethical. But there is a reason for the words you're using and the way you present it, you know, the delivery and even how you physically like present this. It's it's a whole thing. I promise you I would go into this, but I also want to get into the main purpose of this podcast, which is to share the rhetoricians as a superhero. So with that completely terrible and very rough explanation of what rhetoric is, I can now finally get into the rhetoricians. Yay! What's a rhetorician? A rhetorician is someone who is an expert in rhetoric, a master or a teacher of rhetoric. The kind I'll be talking about are the historical rhetoricians, ranging from classical Greece, um, Rome, the medieval, the renaissance, enlightenment, and the 19th century. So to be honest, all this research was already done for a previous semester's class. I had to connect a list of rhetoricians to different categories. I really had to try and think this through because this was information that would help me remember this for the midterm and for the final. But I ended up remembering all this past that class, and it was really interesting. It was the first time I ever took a rhetoric class. So that's how that happened. Uh, Actually, I came up with the idea of tying rhetoricians to superheroes because I was explaining the sophists to my husband. And as I described them to him, he actually said that it sounded like Iron Man from Marvel, Marvel Comics. So lo and behold, it was the moment of Kairos. The aha moment.
it clicked to me to connect the rhetoricians to superheroes. And since we've already mentioned the Sophists and Iron, let's start there. So, these Sophists were a group of foreigners that were in Greece. They were knowledgeable men who were skilled in persuading people. They were flashy. They were boastful about their work. They were basically Iron Man. <laughs> they made money from their teaching of rhetoric where you know Iron Man as Tony Stark he had made his money and um, if you remember from the first movie Iron Man he made his money in the weapons industry and he was very boastful he was arrogant and like a sophist he was a very wise man and very strategic in how both the sophist and Iron Man operated they were not shy about sharing what they knew hello do you remember when Tony Stark admitted that he was Iron Man. And uh, the sophists believed that rhetoric could be learned, you know, if they taught it, whereas it's not a natural gift from God. Now, if you think about Iron Man, he definitely did not have that naturally, the ability to do everything he could. It happened, I mean, depending on what storyline or whatever you use, obviously you know that he didn't get it naturally, his abilities. The next classical rhetorician we have is Plato. And with Plato, I actually connected him with Captain America. So the battle between good and evil, or the battle between what's moral and what's immoral, or what's right and what's wrong, is something that both Captain America and Plato have in common. Plato believed specifically that rhetoric would only be used for the good of the people and not just for the elite. So that was a big thing, obviously, back in classical Greece, that um, the people with money and power, the elite, were the ones that were really controlling everything, and he didn't think it was fair. And it's kind of the same with Captain America. You know, um, he knew to follow what was right, and it wasn't right that some big names and all these enemies were doing all this stuff that were affecting a lot of people so you know him he's the hero he does what he does he does what he does sorry he did what he did for the good the greater good so both Plato and Captain America believed in morality and the absolute truth hopefully that makes sense um the last of the classical rhetoricians that I just wanted to go over is Aristotle and with Aristotle I connected him with Thor uh so Aristotle believed, uh, not believed, but his belief of this combined wisdom, honor, and self-control led to something you might have heard of the appeals of logos, ethos, and pathos. These three attributes are qualities of Thor, who is the son of Odin and a mighty warrior. You know, he's wise, he's a god. He has honor not only being a god and the son of Odin, but because of what he does. And this war, like his warrior fighting soul. Come on. I mean, Thor's amazing. One of my favorite, personally. Um, like Thor, Aristotle used his knowledge of the great men before him to establish his own idea of rhetoric. Thor clearly did that, but he kind of went in his own way of achieving what was good, but... So did Aristotle. I mean, it makes sense, right? I hope so. So that's the end of this first part of the rhetoric. 
series. Um, the next episode, we'll start talking about the Roman rhetoricians and maybe even the medieval rhetoricians. So thanks for listening and I'll see you when I see you. Until next time.